exciting episode of Black Muse. My name is David Houston and I am uh, super excited to be here with two awesome gentlemen, uh, Brian and Marlon. Before we kind of get into the minutia of the things you guys do, just uh, tell me a little bit about your involvement with the uh, Chicago West Community Music Center. I ended up finding out about Chicago West uh, earlier this year uh, around February and so uh, met through a contact, uh, Scott from 2112. And, uh, you know, it was just a perfect match. You know, they were looking for someone to start teaching uh, young children how to produce, how to make beats. And so we had just got our curriculum together uh, last year in 2021. And so we were looking to work with uh, young new artists uh, who were looking to learn how to produce. And so it was kind of like a match made in heaven from there. There's an apprenticeship program here maybe eight, nine years ago. Yeah. Uh, so we have, we've had various interns and apprentices just kind of shadowing me as an engineer at the studio watching what I do. And over the years, it just kind of developed into, oh, this is what certain people need to do every time. And I kind of borrowed from some of the stuff that I went through at Berkeley and kind of fused the two together, kind of trimmed trim, trim the fat, so to speak. You know what I mean? To kind of give the kids what I felt like they were looking for and take out some of the stuff that you, you know, when you go to school and they make you do all the stuff that you really don't want to use, yeah. really don't mm -hmm. care about. We kind of trimmed all of that out. Mm -hmm. And we kind of got a robust situation going on. It's, it's really responsive. We're getting good results out of it, and we're pretty happy with it. Yeah, I love to hear that. Any specific tactics you use to kind of help that style of learning? Um, I think, I think the, the the biggest thing that I've noticed over the years is that, as opposed to kids going to school, and I'm not I'm not here to you know, not secondary education, but sure. you don't really get a lot of hands on when you're going through this type of curriculum. And the fact that, you know, a lot of guys come in, they first day, I'm putting them on the boards, right? Because this isn't something that you can, you, you can't read about compression and reverb. You can read about it a little bit, but until you turn a knob and find out what that does in your ear and your brain registers what it does and what it sounds like, it's never gonna sink in. And I think, I feel like that's our advantage yeah. over here is that we put kids on the boards day one. Yeah. And especially when it comes to uh, actually making production, uh, you know, you won't know what drums feel like you won't know what creative melody feels like unless you actually engage in doing so. And so, you know, uh, without that hands-on, it's hard to just hear it and talk about it and theorize about it, you know. Uh, until you actually get the hands-on and you actually start making beats for yourself, you actually start creating drum patterns and creative melodies and singing into the microphone, it's a whole other different feel when you're actually in it. So, you know, that's what we kind of try to bring to the table day one. Um, how does the partnership with Chicago West kind of almost help you vet the students a little bit more? Do you do you see um, any sort of uh, difference in engagement with the students through, you know, being able to work so closely with uh, Chicago West? Can I get this one? Oh, man, go ahead. Take it away. Listen, man, <laughs> I, I have to give Howard and Darlene all the props on this. Uh, so going in, I had never had a student or any kind of students that had musical background. So... Walking in the door, seeing that they already have like a trained orchestra across the hall, yeah. and bringing in kids that already had that type of background to start, it was amazing for me. Like I had never had that before, and you saw it in the class. Like yeah. we, we would give them concepts, and they would just take it. And be like, oh, you mean this? Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, it was it was it was a breath of fresh air for me. I bet. Because especially when you start off, sometimes you're working with people that's not uh, as passionate or kids that just been stuck in the class. My background is coming from CPS, so usually they stick some kids in the classroom. They don't really care about what you're doing, and you gotta actually try to make them care or find some solace to be able to make a connection with the kids in some way. And so, uh, what's working with them, they kind of put us in a room of people uh, with students that's already passionate, and so. That's more than half the battle right there. Now it's just carrying on and just showing what you would like to show them. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, I bet that I bet that makes it uh, uh, um, a more positive learning environment for everybody, not just the students but the teachers as well. You know, absolutely, yes, yes, absolutely. Good vibes all around, as I would like to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, the types of um, programs that you're using uh, for production. I know there's a slew of them out there and. I, I know from my own experience that students and uh, different people get them from all sorts of areas. So what, what do you kind of uh, like to use with the students in, in your in your practices? Well, over here at the studio, I'm, I'm kind of like the Ableton guru. I've been using Ableton and Pro Tools at the studio for like 15 years. But um, for the classes, we've been using Ableton and recently we moved over to Bandlab. Band Lab. Yep. Yeah. Uh, repeat that one more time, what's the last one? Band lab. Band lab. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, that, that was a little bit new to me. Um, is that is that a newer pro program or is that just like something that has always kind of been around? It's it's been around, but it, it's steadily been growing legs. Uh, yeah. It's very beneficial, especially for students who can't necessarily afford the program at home, so they're actually able to download it to their phone and actually work on it. Uh, or at you know at at the crib. On their computer, at the, you know, at their leisure, whenever they want to. Right? Yeah. So the the music making process never stops. So that's awesome. Uh, that that kind of helps with us as a uh, a stopgap for when they're not actually working with us. We're Ableton. They can still take the concepts that we're teaching them and apply it elsewhere, and then they can bring the beats in, and we can still work with Ableton. And so we kind of combine the two yeah. in the work process. Yeah. Yeah. So even I've, I've worked with almost all the dolls. This, it's a digital audio workstation, you know what I'm saying? They all do the same thing in some form or fashion. It's like 80% the same, and then there's the last 20% that makes Ableton Ableton or FL FL or Logic Logic, you know what I'm saying? But if you understand the fundamentals of what dolls do, mm -hmm. you way around any. Have like any examples or stories of how you've kind of seen um, anything that surprised you? Uh, some of the students you've seen like come to you, maybe show a project that. Maybe they're working out on the side or have you ever kind of seen some of these skills you teach them come to fruition as of yet? I know, you know, we still got some time to you know, keep the, them keep learning and things of that nature. But yeah, we've had a couple of good stories. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I'll share one about uh, students. I won't name any names, but, sure, sure. You, know, you know, you have a you have a class and some people catch on fast and some people you. They seem to be, you know, disinterested or they're moving a little, they're moving at their own pace. Mm. And you just don't think that they're catching it. You think, okay, well, maybe they're, you know, they're here. Maybe they got other issues going on at home. You just don't know what's going on with kids nowadays. And I will say there's a student that I was, I don't, it's not that I wrote them off, but I never expected to see them again. And yeah. then when we had the, I think we started in spring and then we did the summer program mm. and they came back. And the attitude was totally different. They were mm. much more engaged. And then we start. We just started the fall program, yeah. and they're back again. So you just never know how you're connecting and what you know 
what impact you're having with people because now I see the, the, it's a stark difference from when we started with them in the spring. Mm. Love to learn a little bit more about y'all's dynamic and kind of like how you guys came together. I mean, even just from talking to you guys right now, it seems that it's a it's a very nice ebb and flow, and I'm sure that speaks into your work as well. So if if you guys don't mind talking to me a little bit about that, that'd be awesome. Oh, no, you trying to put it on me? I miss it. <laughs> no, no, man, we finally getting them outside. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. yeah. Uh, I'll start. Mm-hmm. So um, I've, I've opened up Insomniac Studios in 2010, so we've been here about 12 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around year number five or six, mm-hmm. um, I started working with Donna's house, uh, Ryan Fest and Kanye. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I met this gentleman right here. And it was like, as soon as Donna's house shut down, yeah. it was like all the kids from Donna's house <laughs> came over to the studio. Migrated over. And it was a really good, it was a good situation. And we just got closer and closer as the years went by. And uh, this dude right here, I'm gonna be working with him soon. <laughs> awesome. I don't know what he's talking about, man. It, it was, uh, no, it was uh, it was appreciated because, um, you know, coming from Donna's house and my thing kind of always was you know, I never thought I'd necessarily be at a studio, you know. Uh, originally, my, my focus was graphic design, doing art. I had a passion for music, but I wasn't thinking about pursuing it and uh, really trying to push my sister into, you know, doing more music because she made beats and different things like that. Mom. I'm the one that ended up, you know, falling into it. But, cause, but she's crazy at what she does, you know. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, and pushing her to go forward, I ended up finding myself... Uh, you know, being here. I still remember, you know, me actually getting her into the class and Marla telling me, hey, man, stay around. I'm like, hey, man, I ain't got no money to pay you. I'm already paying one. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I catch you later on, though, brother. But, uh, you know, us having music conversations and me seeing the talent uh, that was around here, and, you know, I wanted to find out how I could contribute. And, uh, you know, he took a chance. He took a chance on me, you know. Most most definitely, and uh, you know, thank God I kept my word. You know what I'm saying? We know how words go around here. Mm-hmm. They can go quick and fast and burn, you know, even faster. So you know, uh, my my thing was really just being interested in uh, really understanding the music business of things because as he was teaching, uh, you know, production and recording, you know. I wanted it to be where, you know, we really took a hold and own what it is that we do because Marlon teaches guys how to really hone their craft to be able to do everything when it comes to the music. And so my thing was, okay, let's let's start solidifying the business part of it as far as knowing what copyrights are, knowing how to be able to engage with a performance rights organization, having that and really nailing down the nuts and bolts of the music. So, you know, we kind of just kept connecting from there. Yeah. I love that. That sounds awesome. And where exactly is the uh, Insomniac Studio? Uh, where do y'all reside at? We're, uh, we're out in Blue Island. It's on 127th and Western. Okay. Okay. So right in the neighborhood. Yeah. And so um, do <laughs> you're good doing a um, doing a little research on um, kind of like the studio and IS Pro Academy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I gathered the like insomniac studios is the physical like hub whereas the is pro academy will kind of be sort of like the label in which you can kind of find all these entities or is that how they're connected so it's it's more like so is pro is pro itself would be the 
umbrella, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. So IS Pro would be the umbrella, and then under that you would have the studio, mm -hmm. you would have the academy. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. I, I, I dare to even say it out loud. Don't, don't do it, bro. Don't do it. The, <laughs> the artist management yeah. system. So we, we have like, you know, half a dozen artists yeah. that we work with. Mm. And they're all, I can't believe they're going to get me on tape saying this. Hey, man. We're a record label, too. I ain't saying nothing. Nice. So, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Which actually, uh, they just performed at uh, Sub T. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just did that this past uh, Sunday. And so, uh, shout out to 6D Radio for allowing us to be able to do that. And shout out to our artists that performed. They most definitely showed out. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And um, is that like information that we can find kind of like through your website and things of that nature of like about your different artists or when you guys will be doing performances and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely on the website and on Instagram, Instagram too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so uh, from kind of what you, what you were alluding to, um, you having these artists and developing these artists and, even uh, dare you say it, calling yourself a label, uh, that may have not have um, been where you thought it was going to start. But what are some of the things or some of the turning points where um, it kind of started to develop into that? Um, if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, basically, we had a bunch of artists that wouldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of like a, it's almost like a good problem to have, right? <laughs> It is, uh -huh. it is, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and these are these are guys, and it's, it's it's all kind of come together over the years because when Brian came in and started to really like drive home the music business aspect and the ownership aspect mm -hmm. of your of your intellectual property, and, you know, I, I took it to heart because, like you said, you know, I'm spending all these years teaching these guys how to do X, Y, Z, but then they go out in the world and they get chewed up and spit out, and right. You know, providing them any other resources we're like okay well cool you didn't i didn't show you how to do xyz but now you're out here and i haven't given you anything to fall back on we haven't developed a, a network for people to got you know i want to be able to send these guys out in the world and get it you know why would you go get a job when you can do this your music and pay your bills music, go get some health insurance go you know what i mean like pay your house note like simple stuff that artists don't know how to do that's what it's kind of morphing into for me anyway that's my motivation yeah, and, uh, and along with that, we've just been kind of creating just pipelines for uh, artists to know where to go, right? Um, like, for instance, you know, the program up to this point has worked because we've had guys that uh, write for Kyle and has, you know, ran sessions for him. We have a guy in Tippy, Arizona, that actually runs a studio. We have another guy here, Lamar Creation, who most definitely owns his own studio and can work in any, you know, in any studio. Another guy, uh, Ace Boogie, where he went down literally this past June to Ball State University and uh, ran a camp that was teaching uh, in Ableton with our partnership with Ableton. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we want to actualize guys being able to actually go into any space and be able to go any job, to get any job that they're passionate in. And so uh, because of the simple fact that it's not necessarily a strong industry here in Chicago, uh, we want to provide op opportunities and options for artists to be able to say, okay, maybe my music isn't going the way I want it to go, but I can manage, right? I can do stage lighting, right? I can I can run sound at a church, or I can turn around and run sound for, you know, the House of Blues even, you know, uh, to the point where they, they really hone their skills to be able to go anywhere that they want to go. And uh, even when talking about sync licensing and getting your music into TV and film, you know, you might not necessarily want to be on stage, but you have the option to be able to make music from home and still do the music that you love. And so just 
providing options, options and opportunities. Can you talk to me about some of the kind of like past opportunities that you guys have had specifically, um, you know, in the music industry where it'd be like working with certain artists or, um, you know, being involved in different shows uh, that, you know, do having this um, studio and your label, how, how have these things provided you with those opportunities? I've worked with a lot of artists. Um, I don't, I hate name dropping, but I've, I've worked with a lot of artists in the city um, and to be, 100% real, uh, I don't, I prefer to work with newer artists. Like I prefer to work with artists who are trying to find themselves and it's no shot to an established artist, but most of the time established artists have their own way of doing things, have their own understanding of things. So when they come into your situation, it's not always a good mix, mm. right? Whereas I found that I can provide more value to newer artists and help them to develop. And for me, that's more fulfilling. But, but go ahead and talk, tell, tell the people who you recorded, man. <laughs> Part of the resume, man. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to get you the name drop, but be modest about it. <laughs> this is what I got to deal with every day, y'all. This is what I got to deal with every day. So I'm a, I'm an old head. So, you know, for me, I was, I was really excited coming into the game, working with, like, you know, Ryan Fest and Twan Gavs and Mickey Halstead and Sean has been through here and Jeeva Herbo. Herbo's been through here. Uh, who else? Uh, we did, um, what's that girl's name? Um, Katie. Katie got bands. We did a, we did a mixtape with Katie over here. Um, 600 Breezy. Justin Breezy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, shout out to Rita. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just been a lot of people through here over the years. But like I say, like, if you're not part of their team, not part, you know what I mean, part of their base, sure. it's kind of just like a, it's a job at that point. You understand mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the other opportunities uh, we've been able to actually provide uh, Toby Awigwe, um, who's been, you know, making a lot of noise on social yeah. media and has worked with some of everybody uh, through a contact of mine. We actually end up uh, working with him uh, at the House of Blues uh, for the two days that he was there. And so a lot of times we talk about being independent, owning, you know, your music owning you know keeping the money to yourself and different things like that but it was just like you know no you still need a team you still need to be able to build things out so we got an opportunity to to work the merch table and see behind the scenes of what independent life looks like for an artist so i end up uh getting uh the artists that we work with i got a handful of them and we spent literally the whole like 12 hours literally uh every day with uh with his team and so we got a chance to uh just see behind the the scenes of the inner workings and uh literally it's like okay you want to do it be independent look at that semi yeah we finna load everything off that semi we finna turn around you know uh put out all these hoodies and these shirts we finna help them you know set up some of the staging and stuff like this because uh just because you're independent and you might be doing a big venue doesn't necessarily mean that you have the manpower or the help to see your vision all the way through sometimes you as an artist have to get in there and do some of the manual labor and the work. And yeah. so this all comes on before you even get on stage and you got the glitz and the glamour going. So, you know, uh, it helped, it really helped uh, our artists to be able to see what it is to really get it out the mud as an independent artist, no matter what the success looks like. Like, let's look behind the scenes and see that. Um, we actually got a chance to perform at uh, the House of Blues in their foundation room. What was that? Uh, May. May. Yep, yeah. in May. And, um, uh, that was a blessing in itself because um, 
we wanted to see Big Crit perform because Big Crit was actually going to be in the main stage, and he ended up getting, you know, getting COVID, which was terrible. But um, that actually led to the majority of the people at the House of Blue, the staff, coming to our show. There was nothing else going on. Everybody was, came to our show. Right, right. And so, you know, uh, our guys did their thing. They put on a great show. Uh, shout out to Mary from uh, Industry Media that helped to uh, partner with us to get in there. And so, uh, you know, they helped us to build some inroads and relationships with the House of Blues. And so, um, you know, opportunities like that have literally would have happened to us around this year to uh, be able to give our artists opportunities and get them into venues that they wouldn't normally necessarily be in, you know, and to build those relationships. Being entrepreneurs in the music business yourself and um, educators as well, I know there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of things that you guys have learned, but if you could think of maybe one thing or one piece of advice for like you would give to a producer and then maybe an artist, like what, what would that kind of look like? I'll, I'll address the artist standpoint just because I see it every day. Artists have to start, especially with the internet and digital technology going the way it's going, they need to be more focused on ownership. I feel like, you know, since I'm in the studio running a lot of sessions, it's easy for them to go, quote unquote, get something off of YouTube mm-hmm. and, and, and write to it and rap to it. And that's all fine and good. But when it comes time to do any kind of monetization, especially with all these platforms that are popping up, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to monetize it if you don't own it. Oh, my God. And we go through that on a daily basis yeah. over here. Like, yeah. You know, his pain is real. My pain is real. <laughs> Especially with, yeah. our, even with our own artists. Mm-hmm. We, we got to go back and forth. We're like, yo, we can't do anything with this to, until you own it. Mm-hmm. For me, that, that's the one word I would preach, ownership. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's funny, you know, he's Jimmy on the music side and he hopped over to the business side. So, all right, I'll do vice versa then. <laughs> for, uh, for, for both the artist and producer. Uh, be a student of music, you know, um, really you know dive deep you know what i'm saying like if you if you're a rap artist all right cool go back in the 90s listen to what they were doing digging the crates as my dad was saying digging digging the crates you know if you're a singer your history is even the more richer you know what i'm saying uh look at what marvin was doing look at what ella was doing you know uh if you're a producer you know listen to what louis was doing uh listen to how you know um duke ellington was arranging you know, a lot of, you know, Quincy Jones, uh, you know, the list goes on. And, and even if you are a rapper or a singer, whatever the case may be, listen to it all because of the simple fact that music is really a revolving door a lot of the time. And some things that we think are just super new that's happening today has already been done in more of a streamlined form based off of the technology that they had at the time, right? So that's just like if Cab Calloway came out today, Cab would probably have some auto-tune on his voice. Right, because if you look at the you know some of the ad living and things that he did back then, they doing the same thing now. We just got reverb, we got you know we got auto tune and you know a couple other tricks up our sleeve. You know, so if you listen to certain some of the same cadences that they had back then, we're still using them today, right? So really get familiar with what music is, how it's been done, uh, and add that to your repertoire, and that will make you even more different when you come to finding out who you are as an artist and what is what is your thing? What is the thing you contributed? So. And so if somebody wanted to, you know, uh, get involved in the classes that you're teaching um, with Chicago West Community Music Center, 
How can they reach out to you? Where should they go? What kind of things should they know to get involved with you guys? Center over our west in the Gold Dome. I got to defer to Howard and Darlene. You got to go through them. I mean, yeah, yeah. They, they put us on out there, and uh, we're indebted to them out there. So anything that they want us to do out west, we're, th we're there. Yeah. Perfect. If you want and and then as far as like getting like you know coming in with somebody wanted to check out your studios or you know it, it get involved with you guys, would that be like social media or online would be the best way to reach out? Yeah, if you want to contact us, uh, it's IS Pro Music on Instagram, uh, ispromusic.com. Check out the website if you want to book some time with us. All of that is on there. Uh, so, yeah, come check us out. You know, ask us, ask us questions and everything like that. We got our booking and everything on there. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about or, you know, chop it up about? Nah, I mean, so for me, I, we respond well. I respond the best to questions. Like even when we're in the class, you know what I mean? Like it's better for me to expose you to a lot of things, especially put your hands on stuff, twist, you know, turn it out here and there because it always inspires the questions that, that are gonna come from the individual student because everybody's different. Mm -hmm. So like I'm 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 just enjoying the process, man. Yeah. Oh. And like like I said before, just you know, be a student of music, be a student of the business of it all, know what you're getting into. And please, you know, understand that none of this happens overnight. <laughs> you know, some people make one song and they expect to be on stage and for somebody to come find them tomorrow. You mean tell me social media is lying to me? Oh, man, you know, there's <laughs> lies out here, man. There's a lot of lies out here. You know, there's a lot of lies out here. You know, uh, generally the people that, you know, that win are talented. And, of course, it does take a machine in some instances for people to do what they do. But, you know, be a master of what you do first. That way, can't nobody tell you what you're supposed to be doing, you know. And of course, you bring in people that are not more knowledgeable than you to help you guide, you know, to help guide your career and everything like that. But figure out who you are first, so nobody has to tell you who you are. Oh, and how to work with people. Yeah. Like this is a business of relationships, and I, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people haven't been. Uh, how should I say this delicately? Well, well trained in, in yeah. the arts of working together, and yeah. you know what I mean. It's, and I don't know if it's, it's, if it's a Chicago thing, but we always feel like we can do everything ourselves, and we don't need a person to do X, Y, Z, or we don't need to work together. And mm. that's probably what's killing us right now. And like you said, there's a lot of lives out here. So you yeah. know, many people have had their heart broken because they had good intentions, but they didn't necessarily always have the discernment because they was looking to somebody else you know, rightfully so, to be able to show them how to do it. And so, you know, get with like-minded people, you know, get with like-minded people. Uh, of course, always keep your eye out, you know, watch watch the moves that they make. But, you know, uh, like I said, don't be scared to, to, to work with people because that's the only way careers are built and careers are made. There's nobody that has got to the top and done it by themselves. That you will find no one. Thank you again, guys. I really appreciate your time. Um, this is a great episode, and I think the viewers out there are really going to enjoy it. So thank you again for coming to Black Muse.